Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, my name is Sabina Brennan. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Super Brain Booster Shot. On Monday, I spoke to my son Darren about his determination to become a doctor despite dyslexia and various other health challenges. Playing to his strengths was key for Darren and some of those strengths were gained through um, playing certain games. Since sales of puzzles and games have soared as more and more countries go into lockdown, I thought that it might be an idea to talk a little bit about how puzzles and games can benefit the brain. But first, I want to talk about cerebellar developmental delay, which we mentioned in Monday's episode. As you know, dyslexia is an umbrella diagnosis. And while we were grateful for the diagnosis because it allowed us to seek dispensations from studying languages and also some reasonable accommodations. However, like many other kids with an umbrella diagnosis, Darren didn't follow the usual pattern. And so the remedial measures were not working for him. And in fact, they were kind of holding him back, to be honest. So while I was researching ways that I might help Darren out, I came across cerebellar developmental delay. It's a condition which proponents of the now defunct DOOR programme, which we also spoke about in Monday's episode, proposes is characterised by incomplete development of the connections between the cerebellum, which is the tennis ball-like part of your brain at the nape of your neck, and the cerebral cortex or cerebrum, which is the crinkly bit, the thinking part of your brain. Now, to kind of put it in context, if you remember from Monday's episode, Darren had to simplify his thoughts anytime he needed to transfer them onto paper. So anytime he tried to write, he struggled with the physical act of writing and he found it extremely exhausting and therefore found it difficult to collect his thoughts. And so as a strategy really ended up very much simplifying his thoughts, which did not reflect his actual intellectual abilities and capacities. So the best way that I found to explain to people how that works is if you cast your mind back to when you learned how to drive a car. Now, I'm actually talking in terms of driving a car with manual stick shift as opposed to an automatic car. If you haven't learned how to drive, just think of any sort of complex activity, manual activity that you learned. So certainly when I learned how to drive a car, the activity of putting the clutch in and the accelerator and, you know, moving your feet at the exact right time for it to engage without cutting out and trying to have to watch all sorts of things, remember to change gear, watch the road, just was terrifying. I mean, I remember breaking out in a cold sweat. And if you asked me a question, (laughs) even if you asked me what my name was, I would have said, shut up. I'm driving because the 
mere thought of having to do something else other than driving was just beyond my capacities. And the reason for that is I was learning how to drive. Driving is a complex activity and it requires a lot of resources when you are learning how to do it. So a lot of your thinking brain, your cerebral cortex needs to be recruited while you learn how to drive. Now, you'll know from any experience you've had of driving that actually with time, within even a matter of weeks, you not only can drive, say, your kids to school, you can uh, turn on the radio, even text on your phone. You shouldn't text on your phone, etc. And this is because the physical activity of driving has become automated. It is a procedure. It is a procedural memory and it is automated and now handled by the cerebellum, which is the tennis-like ball at the back of your brain. And so it is unconscious. Now, thankfully, that cerebellum is well connected with your cerebral cortex. And so you can be pulled back to conscious thinking and be able to control your car and come to a halt if needs be. But pretty much what happened with Darren was some of his physical behaviours, such as handwriting, didn't automate. And so every time that he writes, it is like he is learning to write. So his brain has to use resources to just formulate and form the letters, which means that there are insufficient resources left in his brain to actually properly formulate his thinking and what he wants to say. So, yeah, that's kind of why it was called cerebellar developmental delay. And as we discussed it on Monday, the kind of exercises that we did with him to engage a cerebellum did involve doing both physical activities and engaging in cognitive activities, even if it was just something like counting in twos. So that's something that I just wanted to explain. Now, Darren also liked to play simulation games like flying planes, that sort of things. They went on to help him immensely with his dexterity and they translated well for him in his chosen career as a doctor because he was particularly adept at using the surgery simulation training tools that they had and actually indeed those things that are used in actual surgery. He also liked to play strategy games a lot, both on console and the regular board games like uh, Risk was a particular favourite of his. And we also talked a lot as a family, eating dinner together, discussing and often actually arguing about various issues. But they kind of no doubt benefited his analytical skills, etc. So I do think if there's anyone listening there who has a dyslexia or a written language disorder, etc., to just remember that that is just one aspect or one skill set. Not to say that it doesn't make engaging in various activities particularly challenging. It does, of course. But do remember that you have other skill sets often that have advanced in a way that you mightn't expect. As we said in the show, Darren's aural skills, his ability to listen and store and repeat information verbally were very highly developed. So the brain, you know, you may well find and it is important to find out what those things are that you can excel at. So sales of jigsaws and board games have increased. So 
can those kind of puzzles keep your brain sharp? Can they benefit your brain? Well, the fact is that anything that challenges us, anything that pushes us beyond our comfort zone can keep our brains sharp. So once what you do, once the game, if that's what we're talking about, or the puzzle actually involves learning, novelty and challenge, well, then it has the potential to benefit your brain. You know, you'll have heard me say over and over again that the human brain has an incredible capacity to adapt and change. It's flexible and that flexibility is called neuroplasticity. So anytime you learn something new, engage in a novel experience or push yourself beyond your comfort zone, you strengthen the connections in your brain and you even grow new connections. And a well-connected brain is a sharper and healthier brain. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Teenagers, I think, might be finding lockdown particularly challenging. Their brains are being remodeled and neuroplasticity is enhanced in the teenage brain, which means that during the teenage years is a perfect time to learn new skills or to take up a complicated game or craft, etc. I want to talk a little bit about chess. I just finished watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix last night. I absolutely enjoyed it immensely. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It is good for several reasons. It's about a female chess prodigy in the 1960s. And I think it's been particularly popular. And I have a sneaking suspicion that it will lead to a new interest in playing chess. Chess was actually quite fashionable when I was growing up. And chess tournaments got similar coverage to sporting events like Wimbledon. And there is actually a scene sort of in this show, The Queen's Gambit, where you kind of get that sense that chess was a sport that garnered international attention. And I certainly remember it as a child growing up in the 60s and 70s. I actually learned how to play chess as quite a young child. I don't know, maybe seven or eight. Um, Maybe I was nine, but I was certainly still sort of in primary school. So chess is the ultimate strategy game and it's quite difficult to learn. In fact, it's more difficult to learn than learning a language and it requires multiple cognitive skills. And those are the kind of cognitive skills that can be really useful in everyday life. So exercising them may actually benefit you in life in general, just as Darren found benefits from engaging in certain game playing. So when you play chess, you'll activate and exercise your visual cortex as you try to figure out and visualise your moves in advance. To determine your moves and your strategy, you'll need to activate various areas of the brain involved in decision making, including your prefrontal cortex and your amygdala. 
learning to control your impulses is key to success when playing chess. This is something that teenagers and young adults will actually find challenging because the area of the brain responsible for impulse control is not fully developed until the mid-20s, as you might recall from that booster episode that I did on the teenage brain. To play chess well, you also need to be able to recognise patterns. And here's an interesting neuroscience nugget about chess. The fusiform face area of the brain, I think actually we mentioned this in the episode with neuroscientist Dr. Adrian Owen. The fusiform face area is a part of the brain that is responsible for human face recognition. In expert chess players, the fusiform face area is recruited to store chess positions. It's pretty amazing. Now, you'd want to be playing an awful lot of chess for that to actually happen. But it is amazing how when the brain is challenged and the area that's normally involved in a task hasn't got sufficient resources to carry out that, it can recruit other areas of the brain to help out. And in this case, it's recruiting the fusiform face area. In addition to stimulating a variety of areas of the brain, chess requires absolute focus, which is a great way to keep stress and anxiety at bay, something that we really all need to do during lockdown and living through this pandemic. Of course, any activity that absorbs you or requires your full attention will keep you in the present and offer you respite from your worries. So it doesn't have to be chess. (laughs) It does have to have certain characteristics. So, for example, watching hours and hours of Netflix Netflix will have the opposite effect. In fact, research shows that watching just a couple of hours can increase anxiety and depression levels, depending on the context that you choose to watch, of course. So now that we all have to spend a lot of time together in a confined space with people that we ordinarily might only have to spend a few hours a day with, It's a way to offer yourself respite. If you can think of any activity that absorbs you so completely, you can then treat that as another room in your house, your own den in your own head, where no one else can join you, where you can be separate. Whether it's playing a game, a musical instrument, doing a hobby, exercising, yoga, a craft, whatever... Something that totally absorbs you, focusing fully on it, can give you a good place to go to, another room in your home. Having said that, social engagement is critical for keeping your brain healthy. In and of itself, social interaction is a complex and cognitively challenging activity. So playing games, board games, etc. with others can offer you extra benefits and offer you that opportunity for social engagement. And I'd include in that, you know, card games as well. Bridge in particular is another sort of complex game of a similar order to chess. But anything that involves game playing with other people is going to give you the benefits associated associated with social engagement. Jigsaw puzzles are one type of puzzle that have experienced a resurgence and an increase in demand since the pandemic and lockdown measures were enforced. Now, while it might not be everyone's cup of tea, completing a jigsaw strongly engages multiple areas of your brain. So you would be exercising visual spatial cognition and tapping into multiple cognitive abilities, including things like mental rotation, speed, flexibility. You'd be using your working memory. 
you'd also have to use reasoning abilities. Your episodic memory, you'd have to remember where pieces were and where they go and what pieces you'd already tried, your perception and your ability to construct. So doing those kind of games like a jigsaw will give you a great sense of achievement and so too will other crafts that take your attention and that you can be absorbed in. Research says that doing jigsaws in the longer term could actually benefit cognitive function in a general sense. However, you won't see any benefits if you only do jigsaws in the short term. But don't underestimate the benefits of playing other types of board games like Risk and Cluedo and Scrabble, etc. First of all, as I've mentioned, they're a communal activity and so you'll get the benefits of social engagement. But it's nice to have a bit of fun and to inject a bit of competition into your life. Although, <laughs> thinking of some family members, sons and husband included, excluded rather, it can be a challenge if you have an overly competitive individual in your midst who doesn't like to lose. But we do often have a laugh when we play these games which is really great for lowering the levels of your stress hormones and cortisol. And often playing a game like that can offer opportunities for people to offload and talk about things that are stressing them out or that they're anxious about. It's almost like a warm up and a safe space to have those conversations. Thank you so much for listening. It's always good to talk. Thank you to DJQ for supporting the show and for your kind comments. All support is welcome you know what to do. I am excited for you to hear Monday's special episode, which is about the impact that technology has on the brain. Is it cause for celebration or a case for concern? My name is Sabina Brennan and you have been listening to Super Brain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.